Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. ...with a different family, um, so just bear with me. Uh, I apologise if I make any mistakes uh, this morning. So the dedication service for Jayla Matumba, Matthew Garfield, Titus... De Costa, Charlotte Lowell, and Noah Gould's. What wonderful names. Yeah, and Owen Hilton, yeah, that's a wonderful name as well. So you're welcome uh, to join us today. We're going to do it ever so slightly differently. So it might take a little longer than uh, they might normally do, but um, again, I'm hoping that you'll bear with us. As you know, at the end, uh, we're going to reward your patients with food. So um, just stay with us during this time. It's wonderful to have so many people here, including members, uh, friends and family who have come uh, to join with us today. So we've come to celebrate with those families uh, the birth of those children. I still remember the birth of my children, though it were many years ago. It's a day that brings great happiness and smiles, but it brings with it dirty nappies and sleepless nights and bags under the eyes. But why do dedications? Why, in a moment, should parents take a little bit of time out with their families to bring their children and say thank you to God for them? I'm just going to give you the reasons why we do them here. There might be many reasons, but this is why we do them. The first thing is we want to recognise that children are a gift from God. That although children are born every day, everywhere in the world, that doesn't reduce the fact that they're gifts that God has given us. The Bible says in Psalm 127, children are a blessing and a gift from the Lord. And as Christians, we understand that everything we have comes from God. They're a gift, not a right. They're a blessing, not a problem. Although you struggle with those things as they grow older, that's true. They're a gift. We also believe that they are ultimately God's and not ours. And that we have been entrusted with them for a season. We're not to try and live our dreams through them. We're entrusted with them for a season to to raise them in the fear and nurture of God. Dedicating our children to God is an act of thanksgiving, humble worship. As we acknowledge his complete lordship over all that we are and that we have. Parents who bring their children for dedication come asking for God's blessing on the lives of their children. That's why we're going to pray together. We're asking for God's blessing on their lives and believing that God hears our prayers. Just as people took their children to Jesus, we bring our children, in effect, to Jesus this morning. Secondly, parents are making a vow before all of us and before God that they will do their best to raise their children in the ways of God. Ephesians 6 says this, Parents, do not, don't be hard on your children. Raise them properly. Teach them and instruct them about the Lord. And being part of a local church is one of the main ways that you can do that. So we're doing that for those reasons. Let me just tell you what we're not doing. We are not, when we bring our children to be dedicated making them Christians we're not even trying to hope that that happens that oh if we bring them maybe that's what will make them Christians we don't believe that's how people become Christian people become Christian through a decision that they make of repentance and faith and putting their trust in Jesus as their personal saviour you don't become a Christian because somebody prayed for you when you were six months old the other thing we're not doing is we're not simply following a tradition churches have always done this so we do this Again, we're not doing it like that. It's right and appropriate to celebrate new life together as a community, as a family. So that's what we're going to be doing. It's going to be somewhat organised chaos. Hopefully it will be organised chaos. And so the way we're going to do it is we're going to invite each um, family to come forward. And if you have come with that particular person... Um, we will then get you to come forward with them 
and as, as, as we come together around them, we'll just all be praying, and then a couple of people will just pray whilst we're in that group. There won't be time for everyone to pray, because we'd be here for a very long time, but a couple of people in that group will pray. Is that okay? Yeah, okay, so a few of us are okay with that. All right. Okay, so the first uh, child to come forward is Jayla. So where's Petra and Jayla? Is, is Petra here? Oh, Petra is here. Okay, cool. Let's give her a round of applause. And if you know that you're coming to support Petra, why don't you come out? Have you got Jayla with you, Petra? Yes, you have. Okay. Jayla can be anywhere, so that she's with her mum right now. So if, if you're with Jayla and Petra and you're supporting them, why don't you also uh, come out now? And uh, Phil and Pauline, why don't you also come out as well? Cool. Okay, I am going to try and hold Jayla. I don't know whether this will work. But Jayla, let me see if I can do it. I'll put my best smiley face. It doesn't last very long, but it's there. Okay. You okay? You want the mic, Jayla? You got something to say? You got something to say? Okay, well, why don't we, why don't, whilst we're sitting, why don't you reach out your hands and pray? And why don't we up here come and gather around Petra, gather around Jayla and pray for them? Yeah, I sense the Lord's delight over this family, over Petra and over Jayla. Um, And I just sense that, um, Petra, you don't have a husband, but God wants to be your everything. And um, the more that you press into your loving father, the more he will bring about a change in your circumstances, the more he will give more and more to you that you've never imagined. Um, And it's not because you strive, it's not because of anything that you do, it's because the the Lord loves you, and he delights in your family and in this precious child in, in Jayla. Um, so, Father, I just want to thank you so much for this family. I want to thank you for Petra and for Jayla. I want to thank you how dear and precious they are to us as a church, um, to many of us in this, in this family and in this congregation. But more so, I just thank you that they are so pressured in your, precious in your sight. Mm-hmm. I thank you that you delight in these, in these two, Lord. And, and I pray, Lord, that the power of your Holy Spirit blessing and protection over Jayla. Um, I pray that this child will just be unable to say anything other than um, that Jesus Christ is her Lord um, and that her Father in heaven loves her so unconditionally. I pray that it will just be such a truth in her life that she just cannot deny how much she is loved by you. And I pray for this family and I pray, God, would you bring about things in their lives that just completely baffle them at how incredible you, um, you were just doing in their lives. Well, I pray that you would give them more and more, that they um, could just not stop getting enough of your blessing. Um, and I just thank you that you are a God who gives more and more to your children um, because you just love them and you delight in them. Um, so I pray your blessing upon them. Okay, as I was praying for Jayla, I got this verse from Psalms 34. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exhort his name together. And Jayla, I just felt that God has you in his hands. You are safe. You don't need to worry about anything ever. He wants your praise, your your acknowledgement of him in your life. And this verse reminds us, let us exhort his name. You won't be worshipping him alone. You're with family and we love you. And Father, I want to pray for Petra as she raises Jayla. I pray for continued support for her and thank you for the support she already has. Lord, thank you for showing her your love, your kindness and your goodness. And thank you for the blessing that she is. Amen. 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 Jayla, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so thank you. So, uh, Andy, Stella and Matthew. Where, uh, okay. So...
If you're here with Andy, Stella and Matthew, then you can also come out now. I know Stella's friends are often early or a little bit late, but they, I'm sure there are some here. Sorry, Stella, can I come around this side? Now, I'm going to try and hold Matthew, but it's going to get increasingly more difficult, I sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put on my best smiley face. Well. <laughs> yeah, no, I can, Matthew, I can do it. Look at you, you're up there, Matthew. Big picture of you up there. Okay, well, let's, let's gather around Andy and Stella, and let's pray for them. I'm sure we're praying, but I can't hear Why don't we lift our voices and pray together for a moment, shall we? Come on, let's do that. Father, we do thank you again for the gift of new life. Lord, we thank you for Matthew's safe delivery. Uh, we thank you so much for the family that he has born, been born into. Lord, you just uh, can feel huge waves of love for this child, really, from uh, the extended family that gather around Andy and Stella, on both sides of the family. And uh, we now pray that your blessing will be on him and on Andy and Stella as they seek to raise Matthew and Alice in the fear and nurture of the Lord. Lord, we pray that you will bless that family, that you will make them to be a blessing. Father, we ask that uh, you will equip them. We pray for a strength and support from the wider family. We thank you for grandparents and for uncles and aunts and friends that who have been already so supportive. And uh, we thank you, Lord, for that. We pray also that this church will be a safe place for this family Mm. where they will find love and nurture and strength and encouragement and friendship and guidance. And we pray, oh God, that the day will come one day when you will lovingly reveal yourself to Matthew and he, of his own decision, will look and say, this is not just my parents' God, but he has become my God and my Lord. Lord. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. As I was praying for Matthew, I got this verse from Proverbs 11. The seeds of good deeds become a tree of life, and those who win souls are wise. And then I just got these words. Be good, gain wisdom, and all will be well. And Lord, I just want to thank you for this wonderful family. I pray that you would keep them close to you. They, they as a family would grow in wisdom and unity. And Lord, please bless them greatly as they are a blessing to others. Amen. Matthew, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord may make his face to shine upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we have uh, Titus da Costa, and Matt and Alicia. Are they here? Are they here? Okay, and so if you've come with Matt and Alicia, then you can also now, at this point, come out and gather around them. I'll wait to the last minute to grab Matthew, or to add Titus. Good idea. Yeah. He's just being sick, so... Uh, okay. <laughs> Okay, so we just gather, you two just need to come a bit forward here, and you need to gather around them. Okay, so. Okay. Okay, so why don't we pray for this family? Let's just reach out our hands, let's hold on to them, and let's pray for them.
We thank you, Father Lord, for Titus. <clears throat> He's very young. He may not even know what's happening now. But we pray, Father Lord, that your Holy Spirit will give him a glimpse of why we are gathered here today and why we are lifting him up to the Lord. Lord, we pray you give him many more years to come. We pray he will grow to know who you are, he will grow to love you, and dedicate his life to you as a church. We pray that we will support him, Father Lord. We will just help him to grow in your path. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, yeah, um, when I was praying for Matt and Alicia this, this week and for Titus, um, I had a picture of um, a one-roomed house. Um, and at first I thought, oh, maybe they're going to come live near us. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but actually, um, I really felt that um, the Lord was saying that you may not have lots of things. You may not have great, you may, it may not just be about a big job or a glitzy um, lifestyle, but the Lord says that he has um, a fullness in your family um, and that this one-bedroomed house just counted for, for everything. It was a full house that was sufficient um, and it was because it was a place where he dwells. Um, and, and yeah, I really just sensed that the, the father, um, especially for Matt in just leading this family, um, that the spirit of God is upon your family um, and that with it um, he will bring Titus to know and love the Lord. Um, and so I really just pray for Matthew and, and uh, Alicia, Lord, and I thank you so much for them as a couple. I thank you that they're so dear to us, but they, um, I just pray, God, that you would have uh, your protection upon their marriage, upon their relationship, and also for Titus, Lord, I pray that he would come to know how um, loved he is by you, um, and I pray that you would just grow this family in, in the fullness of faith. Um, I pray that they would have much joy and much blessing and be able to observe so many good things um, as a result of what you have been doing in their lives. Our Father, we thank you so much for this family, for all that they mean to uh, their own extended family uh, that, and all that they mean to us. And we thank you for this little boy. Uh, we thank you for the way that he very easily wins people's hearts. And uh, we pray the day will come, Father, when you will win his heart, yes. and then he will go out and win others' hearts for you. Yes. That's what we ask for him, O oh Lord. We pray your deep and rich blessing upon him, and we ask, O oh God, that you would uh, bless this family and make them to be a deep and rich blessing to many around them. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Titus, the Lord bless you, and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, and give you peace. Amen. Okay. He was very good. In the, very good. You all saw my skills then. <laughs> there was a moment. So how how we feel? We feeling okay? Some of you have come up, some of you haven't come up. Um, um, uh, why don't we just stand up? Why don't everyone just stand up for a moment? Just stand up. Um, stretch your legs. Yeah. Okay, we can sit down. Sit down, sorry. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we now have Charlotte Lawal. So Toby and Abby and Charlotte, why don't you come out? And obviously if you're here with... Toby and Abby, then you can also come out now as well. So again, you want to stand in the middle, you guys, and people are going to stand around you, and I'll take Charlotte right at the last moment. Okay, okay, cool, okay. Do I take Charlotte? Hey, yeah. Yeah. No, we're friends, Charlotte, aren't we? We're friends. We're friends. Okay, so why don't we all lift our voices and pray for Toby and Abby?
Hey God, I thank you for Charlotte. I thank you that she's going to be brought up in a strong Christian family. I thank you for the influence that Toby and Abby are going to have over Charlotte. I I pray that she will she will grow strong in you. We stand in a school now. It's a place children come to be educated. But God, I pray she will be educated in you and stuff, that she will grow up knowing her Bible well. I pray she will come to know you at a young age, that she'll have a, a desire and a thirst to understand more of you, to learn more about you. And I pray for this little girl, God, that as she grows up in a good, strong Christian family, that she will find you for herself and that she would find that relationship that own and, and in, in it everything you can give her she will find and God I pray that this will this will be something that that happens that she won't uh, sort of go along in years going her own way I pray you will grab her early I pray the parents will be influential I pray you will rest her heart God that um, she won't be able to turn it says in the Bible you know bring kids up in the way and they won't depart from it and God I pray this will be true for her I pray she will find you early you will you will meet her and that she will grow into a strong woman of God, understanding your word and being able to share with others. Amen. Um, I just had a word for Charlotte. And I remember when um, we went to the name ceremony for Charlotte and she was given so many names. And I, I just felt God saying, well, I'm giving you the name of being my little treasure. Um, my little princess, my little treasure. And, yeah, Lord, I pray, Lord, uh, for um, Abby and Toby, Lord, as they raise Charlotte, Lord, that you would equip them, Lord, that you would give them strength, Lord, that you would renew their, their hope and their perseverance in you, Lord. And, Lord, I pray that you would be the, the center of that family, Lord, yes. that, um, and that every three of them, Lord, will play a part in growing closer to you, Lord. And that Charlotte will be a, also a key part of that family that grows to know you, Lord, that grows closer to you, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for um, what an amazing blessing this couple has been to this church, Lord, in so many ways, Lord. And, mm. and Lord, I pray that you would, um, you would treasure this family as part of this community, Lord. That they would know their worth, Lord. They would know their value. They would know their part in building this kingdom, in being part of the uh, community in Brixton, Lord. Amen. I'd looked up this morning the, the meaning of the name Charlotte, and it has two meanings. It means petite, which she is, isn't she? But it also comes from, it derives from the word, from the name Charles, which means free man. And uh, Father, we want to pray right now for Charlotte, that the day will come when she will experience the glorious freedom of the children of God. And so, Father, we ask that for her, that that, that day will come when she will encounter you, and uh, that her answer to your knock will be yes, and she will open the door when you knock. And we now pray uh, your blessing on this family. And that you will richly bless them and that they might be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Charlotte, the, the Lord bless you. And the Lord keep you. And the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. <clears throat> okay, last but not least is Noah, Noah Gould, so uh, with Steve and Emma and all those that have come with Steve and Emma and Noah, you can come out as well now as well. So Noah's asleep. I wonder whether... Oh, no, he's awake. He's awake. I'm going to try. We can try. We can try. Hey. You're very small, Noah. Noah's very small. Very small.
Hey, but hey, no, you can rest. You can rest. Okay, so why don't we pray for Stephen, Emma, and Noah? Let's lift our voices and pray. Heavenly Father, in giving thanks to you for Noah, uh, I'd like to pray for him what the, the Apostle Paul prayed for the Ephesian church, but for him personally. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you Noah, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith that you Noah being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for Noah, that he is fearfully and wonderfully made by your hands. Lord, I just pray that the same hands that made him, Lord God, would be upon him all the days of his life. Lord God, that you would have your hand on him to guide him, that you, uh, Lord God, that um, you knew him from the beginning, and I pray, Lord God, that um, you would make yourself known to him all of the rest of the days of his life. Yes. Father God, I thank you that you are, your heart is to place us in families, and I thank you that you have placed Noah in yes. this family oh, with yes, Emma Lord. and Steve and Naomi. And Lord God, I pray, would they, would they look to you? Um, as a family, as they raise him, as they raise Naomi. Lord God, I thank you that what you call us to, you provide everything that we need to do. And I pray that Steve and Emma would have every confidence in you. Um, Lord God, that you will provide everything that uh, they need to raise their family. As I was praying for Noah, I just felt the words compassion and courage. And so I pray that over you, Noah, Lord, that you, that you would um, enable Noah to grow up to be a man of courage who would be able to stand for what he believes and that he would be a man of compassion, that he would have your eyes, Lord, to be able to see people. Um, and, um, yeah, Father, I just um, I thank you, Lord God, that we... Children are an amazing blessing, um, and we love them dearly. But, Lord, I thank you that most of all your love um, burns the brightest and the fiercest for our children. And I thank you that, therefore, we can entrust you with them. Amen. Father, we think of this little boy's namesake, Noah, and we think of a man of faith, and we think of a man who is obedient even when it seemed to be ridiculous what you were asking him to do. And so we ask for this little boy who bears that great saint's name, that he also will be a man of faith and a man who will be obedient even when the way ahead doesn't seem clear. So we ask this for him, Lord, that you will make him to be a great man of faith and he will have great impact in your kingdom. And we pray for great wisdom and grace on this family. Lord, we thank you that you have taken them through tough times in the past. And we thank you that you have brought them safely through. And we know that that grace will continue. And we pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Noah, the Lord bless you. And the Lord keep you. And the Lord make his face to shine upon you. Make you smiley. 
and give you his peace. Amen. I know at the end of the service, I don't know whether all of the families, but certainly some of them have um, just got books outside that if you have anything you want to say to that child, to that family, there are books with their names on that you can go and just write in there. And I'm sure they would really, really appreciate and value that. So we as a church have been in the midst of a, um, a series that we've titled it The Village, and it takes a village. And today, we're kind of addressing, in a broad sense, um, that very old African uh, proverb, uh, which, if I'm honest, I I first heard, I didn't hear an African say it first, but I think it's true, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to raise a child. And we're recognising there uh, with each family, that no one just raises their children alone. You, you might think you do that, but in reality, we all get so much help in the raising of our children. And we as a church are, are sort of uh, looking at and really seeking God to help us create the village that helps raise children. Uh, because so many children are being born into the village, we've got to do something uh, for them and, and for those families. So we're trying to build a community in our church where Jesus is king and uh, children can get raised uh, around us. We're recognising no man is an island, no family is an island and very little is achieved alone. People do do things alone but very little is achieved alone. We live in these days in a global village. Uh, Things happen around the world that impact us And things happen in our nation that impact them. If you think of the impact that Brexit has had, not just on us, but around the world, people talk about it. Even though, what difference does it make to people in Singapore? I don't know, but people talk about it around the world. Today, people everywhere are trying to recreate villages in which to live. Places where they can go and do life together with other people. People are looking for that everywhere. You've got... Brixton Village and Dulwich Village and all these different places. People are looking for those communities that they can live in. And it's my conviction that local churches have a wonderful opportunity to build villages in which God dwells. And the kingdom and gospel foundations are the source of how we do it. In the area of family life, we've just looked at five families and raising children. Um, villages need families, but families need villages. We all need one another. I, if I think back to my own um, childhood, I grew up in a village. I grew up with parents. My, my mum took us to church. There was, there was four of us siblings growing up. My, my dad didn't really come to church. It was my mum who took us to church. And at church, I developed relationships with people from all walks of life, all ages and stages of life, And I've benefited hugely from that. Uh, Because I think without that, I don't know that I would have seen, for example, a man who loved God. Because that wasn't my experience at home. I never saw a man who loved God until I went to church. I never saw a man who prayed. And so I learned hugely from that. And uh, I know as I grew up in that kind of environment... I've wanted that environment for my girls. We've raised three girls, and I can say, honestly, we didn't raise them alone. Yeah? Phil here raised my kids in some ways more than I raised my kids. Yeah, whenever they went to Phil's for weekends, they went up to him and his parents. Phil would give them, I think it was porridge. He had time on his hands. He made them really nice <laughs> porridge, I, which was like made with the proper oats. I gave them ready break, and uh, they never quite, you know, they would quite openly say, oh, it's not the same as Phil's. Yeah? And I learned to live with those kind of comparisons um, because I knew, I knew I couldn't raise my kids alone. And I'm, a, I'm an active parent, but I couldn't do it alone. We needed 
others. And so today is a way, the fact that there are so many people that have come here to stand with people is a sign that those parents are saying, do you know what, we can't do this alone. We cannot raise our children alone. We need help. And that is why we're building a village. That's why we're building a community as a church. And today we're going to look at one passage of scripture and it's one chapter of the Bible and hopefully I'm going to just move uh, through it. It's Zechariah chapter 8 and uh, I'm just going to walk through this passage which is a wonderful example of what happens when God dwells in a community and the benefits that flow from that because that's what we're looking at what happens when God dwells in a community and the benefits that come from that so Zechariah 8 we're probably going to break it up as we walk through it so I'm not just going to read the whole chapter I'll break it up and just make some comments um, but the, the overall comment that it has on this chapter of Scripture, certainly in my Bible, is the Lord promises to bless Jerusalem. He promises to bless Jerusalem. God's intention was to bless them. It starts with these words. The word of the Lord Almighty came to me. That is Zechariah the prophet. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I am very zealous for Zion. I am burning with jealousy. I'm very jealous for Zion. I am burning with jealousy for her. This is what the Lord says. I will return to Zion and dwell in Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the faithful city and the mountain of the Lord Almighty will be called the holy mountain. Sometimes we think jealousy is a bad thing, but here God describes himself as being jealous. You think about what it's like when you're jealous. There's something about you get this emotion because maybe somebody's doing something that you want to do or somebody's got something that you want and it comes out of a place of jealousy. And God says he is jealous for his people. He is passionate about them. He has punished them, but he's saying, I will come back to them and I will live with them again. That's what he's saying. And they will be called a faithful city. Or if you read the NIV, the older NIV, it says a city of truth. A city of truth. A city of truth is a city where there is fidelity and faithfulness to God and his values. Fidelity and faithfulness to God and his values. God, when he dwells with his people, that's what he asks of them. Secondly, it describes a holy city. And what that means, it's been set apart for God and his purposes. A holy city is a city that God has set apart for him and his purposes. So God's intention was to come to return to them. Secondly, the result of God's return is this. So when God says, I'm going to return, I'm going to come and be with you. This is the result of the return. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Once again, Men and women of ripe old age will sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each of them with cane in hand because of their age. The city streets will be filled with boys and girls playing there. This is what the Lord Almighty says. It may seem marvellous to the remnant of this people at that time, but will it seem marvellous to me, declares the Lord Almighty. In a way, what God is saying, when he dwells among the people, he brings to them abundant life. And if you simply looked around the room today, you would see signs of that abundant life. I'm not going to talk on any individual, but there are people who are older here. Yeah? Normally, I'm one of the oldest at Beacon, but today I'm not one of the oldest. There are people who are older than me here. And age speaks of longevity and it speaks of blessing. The idea that old people sat down, men and women, speaks of prosperity and satisfaction. Men and women together speaks of harmony and peace. So there's abundant life, but there's also new life. There are children, boys and girls. That speaks of a place where there is protection and safety. How many of us would let our children today at seven, eight years old play out in the streets? Not many of us would do that today. But there was a day probably, for some of us, where that's exactly what we did. We played out in the streets. But because that speaks of a, of a time of protection and safety. 
fruitfulness and growth. And then there is this idea of it being marvellous to the remnant, that, that when God does that for people, because he hadn't done it for the people at that point, they were under punishment, they were, they were in exile, but when he does it, they might think it's marvellous, but God doesn't so much think it's marvellous as it's normal. That's what happens when God dwells. When God is around his people, he blesses them with abundant life. He blesses them with new life. It's normal for him. He returns to a faithful people. He's left them because they were unfaithful, as you will see. Then the next thing that he makes is this covenant promise. In verse 7 it says, This is what the Lord Almighty says, I will save my people from the countries of the east and the west. I will bring them back to live in Jerusalem. They will be my people and I will be faithful and righteous to them as their God. That phrase, they will be my people and I will be their God, is repeated numerous times throughout the scripture. It's a promise that God makes to people. It began with Abraham when God said to Abraham, come, leave, leave where, you're go- where you live and go to a place I'll show you and I will bless you and you will become a blessing. God was saying to Abraham, I'm going to make you into a people and I will be your God. And that was his way of demonstrating to the rest of the world what he is like, how generous and kind he is. The covenant promise God made at that point, it's repeated again and again. And many of the prophets repeat it. Jeremiah, Ezekiel, then in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians, Hebrews, they all repeat that very same promise. They will be my people and I will be faithful and righteous to them as their God. Now, this doesn't sit very well with us, but God blesses his people in a different way to the general blessing for everyone. We can feel a bit uncomfortable about that, but that is what the Bible says. God comes to dwell with a people. He doesn't just come and dwell everywhere. He comes to dwell with a people and he makes a promise to them. And then he describes what the past was like. Verse 9, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Now hear these words. Let your hands be strong so that the temple may be built. The people are rebuilding the temple. This is also what the prophets said who were present when the foundation was laid for the house of the Lord Almighty. Before that time, there were no wages for people or hire for animals. No one could go about their business safely because of their enemies. Since I, this is the Lord, had turned everyone against their neighbour. But now I will not deal with the remnant of this people as I did in the past, declares the Lord Almighty. The seed will grow well. The vine will yield its fruit. The ground will produce its crops and the heavens will drop their dew. I will give all these things as an inheritance to the remnant of this people. Just as you, Judah and Israel, have been a curse among the nations, so I will save you and you will be a blessing. Do not be afraid, but let your hands be strong. When God was, when the people were under his judgment, when they lived in exile, they had economic disaster. They had social stress. But God now talks about a time where he's changed his mind. And though he was like that with the previous generation, with this generation, he's going to be different. He promises to do good to them. He promises economic blessing. He even promises that it will rain in due time. He gives them a new name. You will no longer be a curse. You will become a blessing. This is what God says he will do. And then we read of his determination to do it. Verse 14, it says this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Just as I had determined to bring disaster on you and showed no pity when your ancestors angered me, says the Lord Almighty, so now I have determined to do good again to Jerusalem and Judah. Do not be afraid. Previous generations were in receipt of God's anger 
and his punishment and his judgment. But God promised something new. He promised to do good. He promised to bless. He told them they didn't need to fear anymore. He was determined to do it. This was God's decision. What should we do to receive the blessing of his presence and goodness? Verse 16 tells us. So God says, I'm going to do all this for you. And he only gives a couple of stipulations. These are, these are what he says. These are the things you are to do. Speak the truth to each other. And rend true and sound judgment in your courts. I.e. be just. Do not plot evil against each other. And do not love to swear falsely. I hate all this, declares the Lord. So it's interesting because we can sometimes think, is every, does God see every sin the same? Is sin, 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 sin? If you actually read the Bible, a careful reading of scripture, you will find that there are certain things that God hates. That he hates. There are things that he really does not like. And that those things will cause his presence to be removed from the people. And in this community that God says he's going to build, relationships are key in the community. And a corporate response is required. It's not just about individuals anymore. It's not about my personal fidelity. It's about a community that has general fidelity and faithfulness. It's not about the individual so much. And what it says, because if it were, it wouldn't say speak truth, because I can't do that to myself. But it says speak truth. So one of the core values that God has for a people that are coming together in order for him to bless them is that they are a people of truth. Don't tell lies. Don't create a culture where lying is normal. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't create a culture where where, oh, that's how we always talk. So people don't quite know what you mean. Speak the truth. Act, it, it then says, rend truth and sound judgment in your courts. Be just. Act with integrity. Be the same on the outside as you are on the inside. Be the same in public as you are in private. We know of a man right now who's been discovered not to be that. But let that not be of us. Act with integrity. If somebody were to see you in the dark, would they see the same person as they see in the light? Would your actions be something that you could be okay with? Or would you be deeply, deeply embarrassed? Don't be malicious in your talk. Don't gossip. Don't be coarse in your joking. This is what he says the people are to do if they are to receive the blessing of him dwelling with them in their community. And when they receive the blessing of him dwelling with them in their community, they are economically prosperous. They are socially safe. Their kids can play. People grow old and safe and are happy. Act with integrity. Don't be malicious. Don't gossip. Don't harm others by foolish talk. Are the people up for this? Are we up for this? Are you somewhere, because many, many of us are Christian here, many, many of us took communion. For those of us who took communion, are we building a community like this? Wherever it is we're building it. Then it talks about celebrations. The word of the Lord Almighty came to me. This is what the word of the Lord Almighty, this is what the Lord Almighty says. The fasts of the fourth, fifth, seventh and tenth months will become joyful and glad occasions and happy festivals for Judah. Therefore, love, truth and peace. So it talks about the fasts really becoming feasts, that there'll come a day when people won't fast as much because they will be feasting in the presence of God, because they've learned to love the truth and to be comfortable with the truth and to love peace. Celebrate what God is doing among you. That's what today is about. Celebrating what God is doing among you. Be joyful and happy. Now, I can be challenged by that. My wife's always challenging me about joy and happiness. But be joyful and happy at the presence and blessing of God. Think of what your life is and be thankful. Love truth. When you love truth, 
There can be an inner assurance. You can be secure in your relationships because you know how people think about you. You know, you know they're for you. You know they're with you. That's how you love truth, that people know where you stand. And peace. And peace is, in some ways, outward assurance. In a peaceful world, things grow well. You need peace for the gospel to spread. And then the result of all of this is somewhat surprising. So, so this, this is painting a picture of a community where God dwells in the centre and in the community where God dwells in the centre, which we call the church, but often the church doesn't reflect this, but in it, you get his presence, you get his blessing. But this is what is surprising about it. This is what the Lord Almighty says, if you do these things. Many peoples and the inhabitants of many cities will yet come. And the inhabitants of one city will go to another and say, let us go at once to entreat the Lord and seek the Lord Almighty. I myself, I'm going. And many peoples and powerful nations will come to Jerusalem to seek the Lord Almighty and to entreat him. In the community where God dwells at the centre, in the village that you're meant to build, when you do it right, when God's presence is central, when you are loving the truth and you're loving peace, people will come. People will come. They don't simply come because you've got a leaflet that you hand to them. They'll come because they'll see something. They'll come because of something. People from the nations will come. In many ways, the best advice to build a truly diverse church is to learn to love one another well. Because that kind of love, where God is central, is seen in every nation. It's not interpreted just culturally. It's seen everywhere. People can apply it everywhere. To love one another as God intended and as people will see it and be drawn. This is what Acts 2 tells us, doesn't it? Acts 2 is partly a fulfilment of Zechariah 8, among other passages, where the gospel is heard, the presence of God is there, and people are drawn to it. People joined the church because they saw how the church were with one another. It's one of the best forms of evangelism. How can you, as a family... Be evangelistic to your neighbours and your friends. Uh, I know what it's like as a pastor to tell people to do that and there's a, oh yeah, okay, how do I do that? How do I reach people around me? How can you be evangelistic? How can you show them? This is how you do it. Let them see how you love one another. Let them see how you love your kids. Let them see how you love your wife if you're married or your husband. Let them see how you relate If they see that, that is what will draw them. That is the thing that will cause them. Let them see your faithfulness in keeping the commands and values of God. Let them see that you love truth and peace. That you're not lying, that you're not... Let them see that. And these days, that's a powerful witness. You don't need to say much more for people to wonder what's going on. And then the final thing is this. God's presence is the key. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In those days, ten people from all languages and nations will take firm hold of one Jew by the hem of his robe and say, let us go with you because we've heard that God is with you. That God is with you. People will be drawn from the nations of the world because they recognise that God is with you. You see, when you're trying to build a community or a village or you're trying to build something that that, that God dwells in the centre of, it's very, very easy to get sidetracked to certain values that are good, but they're not it. Yeah, You want a community that's loving, that's generous, that's kind, but you know what? Lots of communities can be a bit like that. Yeah, That isn't distinctive for the church. What's distinctive to the church is the presence, is the fact that God is there. 
And that all those other benefits come to you, but they come to you not because you're working at them, but because God is with you. That God is at the centre of it. And that is recognisable regardless of your language or your culture or your background. People will see it. In Acts 2, they understood. They understood something was going on and they understood that that God was present in that place, even though they were from all over the world. They understood it. The presence of God is key. Now, you might ask me, or you might not ask me anything, but you might think to yourself, is it really possible to build such a community? Or it sounds a bit like a pipe dream. I love the idea, but is it really possible? Firstly, the Bible tells us that nothing is impossible with God. So let's not have little faith. The one thing God cannot work with is unbelief. Yeah? Where there is unbelief, God can't work. But where there is faith, even if it's small amount, God can work. Is it possible? Nothing is impossible with God. Secondly, well, I don't have time to unpack it, but I suggest you read it. If you read Zechariah chapter 8, it's going to be some homework, alongside Joel chapter 2, there are many similarities in what God promises to do for a people in which he dwells. Many, many similarities in Zechariah chapter 8 and Joel chapter 2. Now, Joel chapter 2 you will know if you know anything, if you ever go to church, is used prophetically at the birth of the early church in Acts chapter 2. It speaks of, Peter says, this is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel. He makes reference at the point where the church is born, he makes reference to a previous prophecy. And what it speaks of is the presence of the Holy Spirit at that moment develops a different kind of community. It's not that it was the pastor's vision and he was trying to do it. It was the presence of the Holy Spirit and the people's openness to that that developed a new kind of community. And we know with that community that we read about in Acts chapter 2, people were drawn. People looked. People saw something about them and they were drawn to it. Some of them didn't quite get in it, but they feared it. They respected it. They wondered, what is, there's something about that community. God is with them. So is it possible? Nothing's impossible with God. Is it possible? Well, Acts 2, it began. Something like this began. Thirdly, the church has gone through many changes since that time, as you will know. And like the people of Israel in the Old Testament We have at times obeyed God and we have at times disobeyed God. We've not always been faithful and we've not always been holy. But when you read the story, you realise that God is still looking, always looking for a people that will be faithful and that he will dwell with and that he made it all possible at the cross with his son Jesus. He made it all possible when he sent the Holy Spirit to develop the new community the question is are we willing to do that are we willing to find a community where God dwells that we can love one another and know this the commandment what did Jesus say love one another as I have loved you what else did he say by this all men will know there is something about the loving one another of the people of God that becomes a missional, evangelistic opportunity. There's something about how you love your family that tells your neighbours something. There's something about how you handle yourself at work that tells people. You don't need to have a body of words to tell them about Jesus. You need to live Jesus. You need to be Jesus. They need to see, oh, this person, they never, they don't lie. This person always seems to tell the truth. This person never seems to hold it. They don't get involved in the, in the kind of office gossip. I know what that's like. But actually, by staying away from it, you become much more of a witness, much more of an example. Are we willing to do that for ourselves? Let's pray, and then I'm going to hand over to Phil, and we're going to uh, respond with a song before we finish. Father, we thank you for your presence with us today. We thank you for these lives, these families, these folk that have joined us today. 
and we pray a blessing upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team or upcoming events, please visit our website, which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.